0: And again, that doesn't mean that you don't work on the business. As we talked about before, you want to build that skill set of being able to sell, to build relationships, to be empathetic and understand your market and being an expert in your market. That's all important. But what's even more important is working on yourself and working on your mindset. And it's the mindset that's going to help you grow your income in this business, not the business itself. Jim Rohn said it best, if you work on your job, you can make a living, but if you work on yourself, you can make a fortune. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the Wholesale Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Watson St. Sony, and in today's episode, we're going to talk about the top five mistakes to avoid as a solo wholesaler in 2024. Let's get this party started. So obviously, when we're walking into doing business into a new year, we're thinking to ourselves, what are the tools and resources that are going to give me the biggest advantage and the biggest edge in my market? And we're typically thinking, what do I need to do? What are the best lead sources? What's the best cold calling platform? What is the best market that I should be in in order for me to succeed in wholesaling today? Well, before we can talk about everything that we should be doing, and of course, we're going to touch in future episodes on cold calling platforms, CRMs, what's the best market to be in, what's the best lead generation source, what are the best lists to pull in order to get high-quality leads and the leads that will eventually end up converting into contracts and those contracts converting into closed deals. We're typically thinking about all the things that we should be doing as wholesalers and real estate investors to get deals done. But in today's episode, we're going to talk about the five things that you should not be doing in 2024 in order for you to have an edge in your market. Because truth be told, in this business, the one thing that you're going to learn is that less is more. The more focused you are and the more intentional you are on what you're trying to do, the better you'll be able to do it. So in my opinion, what are the top five things and top five mistakes you want to avoid making, doing business in 2024? And stick around to the end of the episode because the last tip is so counterintuitive. It is not going to make sense to you, but I promise you, if you follow what I tell you, you're going to save yourself a lot of time being unproductive. And that time that you saved being unproductive You're going to be able to apply those efforts during that time to do the most income producing activities possible for you to win wholesaling in 2024. So let's get to it. So the first mistake you want to avoid as a solo wholesaler in 2024 is scaling too fast. In this business, there are so many different ways to get a deal done. There are so many different lead sources. There's so many different lists to pull. There's so many different cold calling platforms. And with that, we're typically thinking that these platforms and these tools and these resources are what's going to be the things that give us an edge in doing business, especially as these platforms are evolving. And now we have AI that's helping us simplify some of our business activities and and, and introducing different ways to get leads and do business. So what tends to happen is that we believe that we need to have it all or we need to have the best. So one of two things happened as a result of this. Either one, you get all the tools and all the platforms and you're paying a whole bunch of money for tools that you want to use, that be- you believe is gonna give you the edge. Or two, because you believe that you need these things in order to do business, you'll have analysis paralysis, where you spend more time choosing the best CRM or choosing the best cold calling platform as opposed to doing what you need to do and really connecting with uh, distressed sellers and getting those deals under contract. I'll let you know what happened to me. When I first got started in the business, what really propelled me to take action was a course that I took with the local real estate investment association here in Philadelphia called Better Than Success. And the wholesalers that taught this wholesaling course, they were phenomenal wholesalers. And the title of the course was how to do six figures a month in your market. So everything that was taught in the class was based on the idea that you had the capacity to run a six figure per month operation. Well, at that point, I hadn't done a deal yet. So the CRM that they were recommending was a Podio CRM that I paid $250 a month for. They recommended that you have virtual assistants and cold callers. So I hired. Three virtual assistants when I got started. They recommended all the data service providers and the skip tracing service providers and the co calling platform to use. And all of these things, not only did they cost money, but they required a certain skill set to be able to take advantage and make the best use out of all of these tools. So while I was excited at the fact that I was taking this course and I got the information that I needed in order to run a six-figure operation, because I didn't have the skill set yet, I wasn't able to take full advantage of the tools and resources that they were recommending. So what happened with me is I had a $8,000 per month budget for all the tools, all the resources, all the virtual assistants without having a deal done ever. So this started for me back in September, 2020. That's when I hired my first virtual assistants. I didn't get my first deal done until February, 2021. And I had everything that you needed to run a six figure operation. I had the CRM, I had the cold callers, I had the dialer, I had everything that you needed. But what I didn't have was the experience of getting deals done to make the best use of those tools. So what I recommend that you do is do the exact opposite of what I did. Instead of getting all of these tools and scaling so fast, instead of thinking about how many people you need to employ right away, I would say scale it back. Start small and keep it very simple. So what you want to do is if you're on a very low budget, as a solo wholesaler, take advantage of all the low cost platforms. So, you can get your CRM for Podio for absolutely for free. You don't even have to pay for it. You can use Google Voice as your cold calling dialer. You can make manual calls. Instead of using PropStream, you can actually go ahead and just drive for dollars in your neighborhood if your market is in your backyard. Keep the costs low and allow the income that you make getting deals done to then help you scale and take advantage of these platforms that'll help you get leverage in your business. So truth be told, I had a budget of eight to $9,000 in September 2020, and I didn't get my first deal until February 2021. My first deal, I made $2,000, but I had $8,000 worth of expenses every single month. So we're talking about eight times four months. That meant that I spent over $30,000 on tools and resources and employees and i didn't i have no proof concept so what i recommend wholesaling in 2024 is that you reverse it you keep everything simple and allow the business to help fund and give you leverage to take advantage of these other tools because truth be told you can have the tools but if you don't have the skill set you won't win and speaking of skill set in order for you to build that skill set that leads us to the second mistake to avoid as a solo wholesaler in 2024 the second mistake being lack of talk time with distressed sellers because quality conversations is how you build the skill set if you're coming through the internet and youtube and you follow a lot of real estate investors who are social media influencers and all the major wholesalers who are social media influencers you'll find very quickly that there's no shortage of scripts and videos about negotiation out there. What you're going to find is that every script, although it has its different nuances, they pretty much revolve around the same things. You still want to cover the same, what we call the four pillars of having a quality conversation with a seller, meaning that you're finding out what is their timeline, when do they want to sell, what's their asking price, how much do they want, for the property, what is their pain points? What's their motivation for selling? And spoiler alert, that is actually the most important thing. And finally, the property condition. Those are the four things that you wanna cover. And every single script is gonna tell you that those are the things that you wanna make sure you get out of a seller to make sure you're having a quality conversation to determine whether or not you have a real lead on your hands or not. So while the information is out there, What tends to happen is that there's a lack of application of the information because most wholesalers simply don't have enough conversations. So, in 2024, you want to increase the volume of your calls. That's how you build this skill set. You want to increase how many calls you're making because the more calls you make, the more conversations you'll have. And especially if you're solo, the more mistakes you'll make, the more you'll learn. And the more that you're going to be able to apply what you're learning through these negotiation videos, through these books, through these scripts, so that you can have more success over the phone and in person with your distressed sellers that you're going to be speaking to. There are a lot of you guys out here that are making calls after work or during your lunch break because you still are working your day job, which is fine. If that's the time that you have, that's the time that you have. We can't do anything about that. But What you want to do is craft some time, some dedicated time to get more calls in because 10 calls a day isn't going to make it. You have a 30-minute lunch break and you can spend that entire 30-minute lunch break on the phone. That's not going to cut it. When I started, like I mentioned earlier, I had virtual assistants literally making those initial calls for me. So I wasn't making any cold calls myself. There was a part of me that felt as though I was too good for it. I've been on the front line. In sales forever. So, this is my time just to get all the warm leads and let the virtual assistants actually make the cold calls. But what ended up happening is that while we were closing deals and I was maintaining contact and following up with our warm leads, I didn't have the skill set of actually connecting with sellers through cold leads and I didn't build that skill set. So, like I mentioned earlier, I had a huge budget, not getting enough deals. And over time, although I started closing deals, I literally couldn't afford the big team. I couldn't afford the expensive platforms. So I had to downsize and decrease my budget because I didn't have the call volume in the very beginning. I found myself about a year into my wholesaling journey, literally having to start all over. So I highly recommend, as a solo wholesaler, getting your reps. In. It's one of the most important things that you can do. Even if you have the talent of sales in another field and in another industry, and even if you can afford to hire cold callers right out of the gate, if you have a big budget, I would highly recommend that you go in and get on the phones on your own because that skill of selling is a six figure skill in and of itself. Once you learn how to sell, On your own, that's literally going to be the get-out-of-jail-free card and allow you to make all the mistakes in the business, so get in your reps because it's going to be those reps that help you build that skill set. The one way that I like to think about making my calls and getting in that volume is through the lens of practice. Every single time I get on the phone with the seller, it's just another rep. It's just practice. And if I'm just practicing, the outcome doesn't really matter. What really matters is how I'm applying the script. What can I learn from that conversation and apply next time just to get better? Because that's how you build the talent of sales through constant reps. Alex hormozy has a quote where he says, talented people simply just do more reps than untalented people. And it's the reps that make them talented, but it's not the talent that makes them do more reps. So in 2024, here's what I would prescribe. I would say, find three to four hours, a three to four hour time block for you to make calls on a dialer. So if you have Mojo call tools or whatever dialer you're on, if you have a platform where you can make multiple calls all at once in one sitting, I'll block out three to four hours every day that I possibly can. You can either do that. If you've got time in the morning, I like to make my calls between nine and 12 during the day, or I make calls between five and eight. So those are my two, three hour windows that I would use to block off and make calls if you're on a dialer. However, if you're making calls manually, if you have Google voice and you're just driving for dollars and that's where you're getting your list. I would highly recommend that you get in 40 to 50 manual calls a day. So, if you don't have a dialer, you're driving for dollars, or you have the capacity to pull a list, whether it's from your county, whether it's from PropStream, whether you bought a list that has contact information with the sellers on it, 40 to 50 calls a day. That should take you three to four hours. And with that, if you are actually putting in that kind of work and you're doing that type of volume on a regular, every single day basis, what's going to end up happening is as you're solo, as you're new, you're going to get a lot of no's. You're going to feel like you're losing. But again, we're thinking about volume here in 2024 because Alex Ramozzi says volume negates luck. You don't have to be lucky if you're applying volume because by applying that volume, you're building that skill set. You're having quality conversations. With sellers, and over time, you're going to notice that it's pretty much the same objections. It's the same pain points. It's the same motivation, it's the same structure. All the calls are the same. All you're doing at this point is playing the numbers game with whatever script you want to use. And again, if you want a script, feel free to reach out to me, and I'll provide you with the script that I used last year to close 20 deals in 2023, so you can send me an email at the Wholesale Truth at gmail.com the third mistake to avoid as a solo wholesaler in 2024 is diving into multiple markets too soon so the beautiful thing about wholesaling is that you could do it anywhere in the u.s there's a real estate market throughout the entire country and while there are some markets that are more favorable than others you can literally pick up and do this thing anywhere as a matter of fact You don't even have to be there to do business. So you could live in Miami, Florida and be wholesaling in Raleigh, North Carolina. It's all possible. And while that's one of the best things about wholesaling, that's also one of the most complicated things and one of the biggest mistakes that I see new wholesalers making, diving into multiple markets too soon. Now, you'll find that the most successful wholesalers and the ones that Generate multiple six figures per month, they are in multiple markets. But what they also have is an infrastructure in those markets to be able to facilitate the ability to get deals under contract and get deals closed. So, with that in mind, it's not a bad idea to go into multiple markets. However, you just want to make sure that you are prepared to do so. And if you are conducting business as a solo wholesaler, I would highly recommend that you pick a market, stick to it, and dive deep into it. Be an expert in your market before diving into another market. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm in Philly. And while I love this market, I have closed deals outside of the city. We've closed deals in Chester, Upper Darby, as far as Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And there is a satisfying feeling to know that you can get deals done in neighborhoods and cities that you've never been to. There have been properties that I've never walked into and I've been able to get them under contract and then sell them to an investor. And to this day, I still don't know what the property looks like on the inside. However, like I mentioned, you do want to have that infrastructure set up. So my preference is to stay in one market. I believe in going an inch wide and a mile deep in your market. And why is that? Well, here's the issue with doing deals in different markets. You might run into the challenge of finding a quality title company and one that can actually handle off-market deals and they're familiar with wholesale deals and assignments. You might also have a challenge with actually finding quality boots on the ground, people that you can trust to meet with the sellers, to show the property and not take the deal from you on the back end and and to do that that's an additional expense that you'll have to incur because you got to pay these people to go out there and finally you may run into issues underwriting those deals because the rules are different in that market the numbers are different so the after repair values are different the cost of doing repairs are different depending on where you are so that's why i say in the very beginning As a solo wholesaler, if you really want to gain consistency and predictability in your business, choose one market and stick to it. And that market, it can be virtual. You can be in Cleveland, Ohio and wholesaling in Tampa, Florida. But I would say definitely create an infrastructure, build relationships with people who are actually doing deals there and focus on that market, understand that market, be an expert in that market. And what I would say is if you can do three to four deals consistently every single month for a year in that market, at that point, I would say, all right, fine. Go ahead, see what other market you can dive into to produce the same results. The fourth mistake you want to avoid making as a solo wholesaler in 2024 is not fixing your money mindset. So if you're anything like me, the reason you came to wholesaling is because you want to make money. You were probably at your nine to five, not making enough money. You're probably at your nine to five now trying to supplement your income. And you're thinking that wholesaling is going to be the solution to that money problem. But here's the reality. Most people look for business opportunities because they believe that they have a money problem. But what they really have is a mindset problem because it's the mindset that you have around money and making money that's really going to predict your level of income, not the business opportunity itself. One of my favorite books on the subject is The Secrets of a Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Ecker. And he talks about what's your money blueprint. And there are three things that dictate. How you view money, how you use money, and your belief behind money, and ultimately the flow of money in and out of your life. Those three things are your verbal programming, what you heard about money, your modeling, what you saw about money, and specific events, what you experienced about money. And those are the things that really will dictate your level of income in whatever endeavor that you choose whether it's wholesaling or any other business that you want to go into. In the book, he talks about a story of a woman who was a nurse who was making good money. However, she can never keep it. After going into the details of her childhood, she tells him about the time where she was at a restaurant with both of her parents. They were yet again fighting over money at the restaurant. Her dad pounds the table, stands up, And his face starts turning red and blue. He begins to have a heart attack. And being that this now teenage girl was on a swim team, she proceeded to do what she was taught to do, give CPR. Gave CPR to her dad, doesn't work, dad passes away in her arms. So what they ended up concluding was that the reason why she could never keep money for herself And she never had any was because of the pain that she felt from her dad's passing she equated money with problems money with the pain of losing her dad so to avoid and get rid of that pain every single time she had money she ended up getting rid of it by spending it all so what you want to ask yourself is what is my money story Obviously, you want to do deals, you want to uh, replace your income, and the beauty about wholesaling real estate is that you are not capped at all. You get to choose how much you make depending on how you negotiate the deals up front with the sellers to be able to then sell them on the back end to your investors. Although there is no limitation in terms of how much you can make, in theory, there is a limitation to how much you are going to make. Based on your mindset around money, Peter Sage has a wonderful quote that I love, and he says, "People will never rise above the opinions of themselves." And in terms of your money mindset, what I say is that people will never rise above the income that they believe that they deserve. And this is why you can choose to do drop shipping, crypto, real estate, coaching, you could be a YouTuber, and you may never get ahead. Because it's not the opportunity that's going to help you build that wealth. The success doesn't come from the business. The success comes from having the character of someone who's successful in business. And if you become the type of person that is successful, if you become the type of person that models the character of a successful entrepreneur, it really doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter if you mow the lawn or you're in wholesale real estate, you're going to win because success comes from the inside out. And again, that doesn't mean that you don't work on the business. As we talked about before, you wanna build that skill set of being able to sell, to build relationships, to be empathetic and understand your market and being an expert in your market. That's all important. But what's even more important is working on yourself and working on your mindset. And it's the mindset that's gonna help you grow your income in this business, not the business itself. Jim Rohn said it best, if you work on your job, you can make a living. But if you work on yourself, you can make a fortune. So what's the solution for you here? The solution is to actually pick up a couple books and start consuming content that's really going to help you with your money mindset. So I would recommend Secrets of a Millionaire Mind, The Richest Man in Babylon, *Thinking Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, and actually A Dark Horse, Inner Size by John Asraf. So in 2024, don't make the mistake of not fixing your money mindset in this business. And now we are on the fifth mistake that you definitely want to avoid as a solo wholesaler in 2024 and i think this one is the mistake of all mistakes that especially newer solo wholesalers get themselves in trouble with when they make this mistake like i mentioned earlier if you can avoid this mistake you'll save yourself so much time and so much headache and what is that mistake it's the mistake of not walking away from sellers yes i said it sometimes you have to say no to these sellers you got to walk away from bad deals where the numbers are too tight. I can't tell you how many times I've locked up a property at a price that was questionable and I thought I'd be able to sell it on the back end and make an assignment fee on it just to come out, find out that I can't move the deal because I locked it too high. And it may feel great to lock up these deals. It feels good to see that DocuSign come back with the completed agreement of sale attached to it. It's good to sit next to a seller in the house on the couch. They're signing the deal while you sign the deal. And you're already calculating the assignment fee that you're going to make from this deal. Once you get it over to the title company, And you probably already have a couple buyers that you know would be interested in it. But I'm telling you right now, if you lock up a deal where the numbers are too tight. And when I say too tight, anything that you believe you'll make between five and ten thousand dollars on it, that's too tight way too tight. What's going to happen is is that you're going to use your resources, use your time to market the property, to show it to your investors, to get back offers. And it'll be a complete waste of time because you tried to get the property sold on the back end for a higher price than you should have. You'll also come across sellers who you know need to sell. You know that they're in pre-foreclosure. You'll know that they have a pending share of sale. You know that they have a squatter in the house and that squatter isn't going anywhere. And if they don't sell to you, nobody's going to buy the property with that person in there. So you know that there's some distress there. However, sometimes you still got to walk away. One of the things that I've learned in this business is that there's a big difference between a distressed property and a distressed seller. And just because the property is in shambles, just because there's a pending foreclosure, just because there's a pending sheriff sale does not mean that the seller is pressed to sell. This is why one of the main things you want to do when you're talking to sellers is gauge their motivation because it's that motivation. It's that pain point. It's the reason why they want to sell. That's more important than the actual condition of the property. The property may end up going to share of sale. They may end up losing it. But if you have a tired landlord who has 10 to 15 properties. He can afford to lose this one, especially if most of them are cash flowing. That happens. Or if you have somebody that inherited a property that they had no interest in because a a family member passed away. And it doesn't matter whether they sell it or not. It may not make a difference to them to go through that whole process. So we had a situation where we got a deal under contract back in August 2023. It was a pre-foreclosure. We got the deal in the contract. It came from a realtor that I did business with. She said, hey, Watson, I'm not going to list this property. I want to see if we can move this one off market because she got the game. She understood and knew that she could probably make more money selling it off market than listing it and just making 3% on it. So she said, hey, Watson, and this is why you should actually be building good relationships with realtors who are investor friendly in your market. But she said, Hey, Watson, here's the deal. We got it in the contract, showed it to a number of buyers, found a buyer. But for whatever reason, we could not get the mortgage payoff. And I'm thinking to myself, this is very, very time sensitive. We have to get this mortgage payoff so that we can close on this property before it goes into a foreclosure. Well, here's what ended up happening. The day before closing, I finally take it upon myself to go to the bank and say, hey, look, we need this mortgage payoff because we're closing tomorrow. I walk into the bank, manager is very friendly. He says, give me the address. As long as we can get the seller on the phone to confirm information, I'll give it to you, Watson. I said, bet, let's get this party started. Well, he goes into his office. Calls the mortgage department from the bank and comes back and he looks at me as if I'm a lost child. He looks at me and with his eyes saying, bruh, you ain't got no property to close on. And he politely told me that he can't provide me with the payoff statement. Here's the number to call What we ended up finding out was that the property went into foreclosure and actually was sold at auction a week before we got it under contract. When we ended up opening title, because the foreclosure was so new on the title report, it did not show that the property actually got sold at auction. So we ended up a day before closing finding out that we never had a deal to begin with. And what does that show? This seller had the opportunity to sell the property. Who knows? Maybe there was another realtor involved that was trying to convince them to sell. Maybe they got multiple calls from other wholesalers in the neighborhood saying, hey, look, we can help you move the property. Maybe other investors were calling them and saying, hey, we'll buy this thing cash. But they were getting the letters from the bank saying that they're about to foreclose on it but for whatever the reason they did not take the action there was not enough distress on their part to take action until it was too late and you will find that in this business just because there is a pending situation and even though it's obvious to you that a seller needs to sell that doesn't mean that they're actually ready and in a position to sell. Remember, a person convinced against their will is of the same opinion still. You cannot convince somebody to sell their homes. Like Brent Daniel says, he says that we are deal finders, not deal creators. So my job and your job as a solo wholesaler when you're talking to these distressed sellers is not to convince them. Sometimes you just have to walk away Your job is to find people who are motivated enough to sell and work with those people, create solutions for their property problems, and solve those problems in a way where they are happy with the end result and you get paid from the work that you do. So what does that mean with sellers who are being unreasonable? Follow up. Put them in an email drip campaign. Mark a date on your calendar to follow up with them if their number is too high. Because again, the reality of it is, it's better to have no deal than a bad deal. It's better to follow up and see if they're interested in selling later on at a price that's more reasonable than to lock it up and waste your time selling a property that is not going to sell off market to an investor. Because remember, you're going to always win getting the property at a deeper discount than trying to sell it at a higher price to an investor. So the work that you do in the front end with the skill of negotiation is going to pay off in the back end because the deeper the discount on the property that you get on the contract, the wider your buyer pool for the buyers and investors that'll be interested in actually purchasing that property. So you want a big pool of buyers for your deals. Therefore, You want to get the property at the deepest discount possible. In my opinion, I say about $20,000 is a decent spread to account for higher interest rates, buyers who don't want to specifically buy in this neighborhood because it's unsafe, or anything else at all that could come up, which would lead to your numbers being a lot tighter than you expect. $20,000, in my opinion, is the spread that you want. What if you have to hire an attorney to do probate? That comes out of the assignment fee. What if you have to do cash for keys and remove a squatter? That'll come out of your assignment fee. So you want a bigger spread in your deals to account for the different things that can happen after you get the contract so that the deal still makes sense. And if you can't get that big spread, just walk away and follow up with the sellers later. So with that, Those are the top five mistakes to avoid as a solo wholesaler in 2024. Quick recap. You don't want to scale too fast. You don't want to suffer from the lack of volume calling sellers. You don't want to go into multiple markets too soon. You don't want to operate in business without fixing your money mindset. You want to avoid not walking away from sellers when you have to. With that, thank you so much for joining me again on the Wholesale Truth Podcast. This is going to be a wild, unpredictable, but certainly fruitful ride. Please subscribe, check out the next episode, and I will see you on the next one.